Hi everyone and welcome to the Parama Podcast. James Prescott here, your host. Really great to be with you all again today. And today we're um, going into going back to our series, Questions We Don't Ask. Um, just for the benefit of everybody, um, this is a kind of series of questions, of endless questions really, that I just wrote down as a stream of consciousness last year um, about my spiritual journey, about faith, um, and you, know, you could call it questions of faith if you wanted to. Um, and I just wanted to explore them with other people, people that who are on the same kind of journey, people that I've met, people that um, I've had discussions with about these kind of things, people that I know are interested in these kind of things, and not to provide kind of one solid answer, um, but just to explore where these things take us. And so today... Um, I've got my friend Abby Lloyd with me, um, who um, sells bikes in London. Indeed. Um, (laughs) You're welcome, Abby. Uh, Sorry? I I said welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, I met Abby in a Facebook group where we talk about this stuff. We've had a few Facebook chats about it. We've had... um, yeah, commenting chats about it. We've um, it's been really great. She's got a lot to say, um, a lot of great ideas. So, um, and the question that caught Abby's eye was, um, what was it, Abby? Tell us. Uh, what kind of life am I being led into? <laughs> what kind of life am I being led into? Um, so, yeah, that's the question for today. Going to be interesting. So, what was your initial? Um, response when you read that question when you what what kind of drew your interest in that question well my my initial interest in the question was in the wording um especially in the word led so what kind of life am i being led into um i was like because mm, you could use two very similar words there you could use led and you could use drawn and mm. i kind of feel led is something that would be out of your control that perhaps your beach sort of being pushed into mm. and drawn is something that you sort of want to go towards you're sort of attracted by it um yeah so I thought that was yeah that sort of that's my trail of thought that started um and it sort of led me to sort of think about are we on a journey of should doing what we should be doing or a journey on of what we want to be doing, um, mm. and yeah, um, it's it, it's an interesting one. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, it's very interesting that that different language, isn't it? It's very interesting the language, how the language that we use changes everything, because yeah. all, like the word drawn and led, they're two different things. Like, I mean, I could have easily used when I wrote that question, I could easily have written the word drawn because that's. That's probably more accurate way of describing what I meant, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, because I didn't feel like it was... I know I felt I was being... When I wrote the question, I was like... I, it wasn't like I'm being, I was being ordered to live this kind of life or told or dictated to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to live a certain kind of life. It's just something that I was being drawn into, you know. Um, when I, when I think when I wrote Lead, I thought I'm, I, the way I... The, what I the way I perceived it was that that something was was leading me, yeah, um, not telling me, but just kind of 
but drawing me in the sense that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously we're talking about the spiritual journey and how that impacts our lives, and that that's that's the perspective where I think we're talking about. Sure. Um, so, um, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Um, from being drawn so this is sort of something I'm working on quite a lot for myself at the moment um the life that I feel like I kind of sh- should be leading um sort of uh if you look at sort of society and what I should be doing um at this sort of stage in life and the life that I sort of want to be leading um so like society sort of very much tells you sort of once you've graduated and you finish uni it's time to you know sort of settle down to find a good career um to sort of mm. sort of be in that for but that's I'm finding more and more like that's not the life that I want all I want to be at the moment is outside um and enjoying nature um so uh that's nature is what's drawing me and I feel like uh the sort of uh, society is what's sort of trying to lead, but I'm sort of kicking off from that a little bit. Um, mm. uh, but I think is why those two words sort of came up for me straight away when uh, and why I was sort of drawn to the question really. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I was thinking along the ideas of uh, what is it? Is it sort of selfish to go for what you want? Um, does it, that's sort of a whole other part of it, like, um, and it's yeah, it's an interesting sort of journey. I'm not really saying that I have any answers, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because it's like having grown up in the church, yeah, traditional church, it was always like this kind of um, subconscious, um, unspoken message was. Um, that, or that, that somehow percolated through was um, if you want it, then then it's not what God wants. You know, but whatever you have to do, whatever God's calling you to do, it's it's going to be something you don't want to do Like at first. Like, what you want doesn't matter. It's all what God wants that matters. And um, so that was kind of what got communicated through from a very young age to me. And... Um, what I've learned actually is that things are very, very different uh, than that. Yeah, so that's that's pretty similar, sort of possibly to my background. Uh, like, um, I certainly grew up in a church where it was perhaps not so black and white as that. Like, they always encouraged you to sort of go for um, to look for your gifts and kind of. Um, mm quite often people would be able to match their sort of passions with what, uh, as a gift is like, um, what they felt that God was calling them to do, etc. Um, but I know there was certainly what I like to call the line. So like you can, to a certain point, you're allowed to sort of, um, explore certain things like, um, I don't know, in our church, it was very, um, black and white. So like, Things like um, talking in tongues or um, being uh, filled with the Holy Spirit was fine, but other supernatural things like kind of um, sort of playing around with witchcraft or reading Harry Potter was very much like a no. It's very much, and it was. It always struck me how it's pretty much the same thing, but very different. Like there's a line, and you can't cross the line or even look at the line. Otherwise, you know you're 
sort of um, stuck there. Yeah, um, yeah, you're sort of out of the group, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, sort of, I guess, yeah, going back to sort of, yeah, it's all, God's will is always sort of the dominant. And if, if your sort of plans fit in with that, then that was good. But um, other than that, yeah, you're, if not tough luck sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's like, well, you do what I want. And anything else is, is evil or wrong. And your own human desires don't mean anything, kind of yeah. thing. You know, it's like, you know, you know um, um, if you want something, doesn't mean that I want it, you know. Um, but now, I think now for me, it's kind of like, well, okay, God created us, if, if you believe that. God created us. So, and there's this thing about God giving us our desires, Um and that passage about God giving us the desires of our hearts is actually not about God giving us what we want. It's more about God giving us our actual desires in the first place. You know. Yeah. Um, that's so, interesting. And so, what I now, if I'm trying to seek God on something, that sounds really religious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to find like the divine, like you know, where where are you in this kind of thing? Yeah. Like I've got a few decisions and I don't not quite sure what I want or what's right. I might pray that just give me like let me desire what you desire, you know. Yeah. Make me want naturally what you want as well. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um maybe and that's probably a healthier way. But also I think like we also taught that curious I was growing up to being taught curiosity is a bad thing and like and gets you in trouble and stuff and mm-hmm. but again now I've kind of curiosity killed the cat and all yeah that exactly yeah but now I've kind of switched over it's like well again like where did curiosity come from you know um couldn't doesn't God want us to ask questions and go deeper and find out more absolutely more yeah of who he is and like to genuinely want to want to know and to take mm. risks and, and like where did your curiosity come from like yeah, exactly. It's a divine yeah. thing, you know. Um, people always use the metaphor of Adam and Eve and being curious about eating the apple. Um, mm. And I don't think that's a... That's one example of scripture where, you know, they probably made a bad decision. But And it's a metaphor anyway. It's not a true... Yeah. You know, it's, it, I don't... I don't mean, I can't believe there are people that still also, believe that. in that, that case, you could, if you went back to the lead versus drawn, you could argue that Eve was led to the apple rather than drawn. It wasn't perhaps uh, led by the by yeah by the enemy. Yeah, whatever. Perhaps it wasn't just her curiosity alone. It was sort of there was uh, something that was leading her rather than her just her own desire. Yeah, that's right. And actually, Pete Rollins says something interesting about desire. Oh, yeah. Often, like, prohibition creates the desire. So when yeah. so what happens when you say you can't have this? You can't have, say, you say you can't have chocolate. Like, what's the first thing you want? Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if people, if the best way to get people to start doing something is to ban it. Like, in China, the great example is in China, they banned Christianity in the 1930s, I think, um, if I'm correct. And there were about 3 million Christians in China at that time. They banned it, and suddenly it exploded, and it's like there became, you know, now there's tens of millions of Christians there. You know, it's like, um, and it's, and it's, and part, maybe part of it is because 
like by banning it, they, you know, it's like, well, this is part of our resistance. This is part of us standing up to you. You know, it kind of, you know, created the desire in a sense. You know, what is this thing they've banned and why have they banned it? You know, um, yeah. and like that's one of the purity culture thing, the whole kind of ring thing that they that they had. That was that didn't work because you're saying you can't do something. You can't do yeah. something. So what do people want to do? What do people think about all the time? You know, they want to have sex and they want to, and they think about sex more often because yeah. they're always thinking about how, how they can't have it until yeah. suddenly they're allowed to have it on their wedding day. You know, this is why purity culture is so damaging. Yeah, you know, totally. It's done such psychological damage to people because it's like they're saying, like, from one minute it's like it's all evil. Sex is evil until... You get married, and then boom! Suddenly, it's a really great thing. Oh, yeah, you should enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it suddenly changes, like, and it just doesn't work, you know. But all that's to say that you know the prohibition thing creates the desire, you know that. Yeah. Um, when we're when we're told we can't do something or can't have something, and it's emphasised to us, then something inside us wants that more than we, you know, for some reason, and so. That's why legalism and stuff in in terms of scripted probably doesn't does that work. Make, does that make rules and prohibition good? Because uh, it sort of, you know, perhaps you need them to stir your curiosity to other... I mean, if you just were able to do everything you wanted, um, perhaps you would get bored and sort of... Yeah. Sort of, yeah, I don't know. I think, Pete uh, thought, I think Pete touches on that. If we're allowed to do something, like... Then we probably get well because because we take because we're allowed to do it, probably won't do it as much because it'll just be oh yeah we can do that if we want but there's no excitement there's no yeah. adrenaline rush <laughs> there's, yeah, no, there's no there's no curiosity because because it's there because it's allowed you know um, there's plenty of things that you could use this for I mean you could get political and talk about legalizing drugs and that kind of thing you know um, even yeah. cannabis you know I'm talking about not drugs heavy drugs. Um, Cannabis has medical uses in in America. You know, they prescribe it for epilepsy in America. You know, yeah. um, which I know about because I'm epileptic. You know, mm, yeah. Um, so there's medical uses for it. You know, and and if it's not underground, then you can regulate it, and means that people are less likely to get into heavy drugs as a result of yeah. you see. And so when when it's not prohibited anymore, it's like well, I've got no interest in going in for other drugs. Yeah. And less likely to get damaged by these drugs, you know. Now, some people will disagree with me on that, and that's fine. I'm not here to have a political discussion, but... Yeah, on, on that yeah. as well, you sort of then have rules into sort of using it safely and sort of putting measures on it rather than just sort of bidding it altogether. But like, I think that carries across as an analogy for many things, um, not just drugs, but, you know, like... A, yeah, so anything. Um, if you if sort of have some control over it rather than just being like a really sort of strict black and white, like yes or no, um, then yeah, you know, like it's it's going to be for and more enjoyable use probably. Yeah, it's the same with, you know, alcohol as well. You know, they tried banning it, didn't they, in the 1930s or 20s, whenever, whenever, whenever Prohibition was, and it didn't work. It just went underground yeah. and people wanted it more. So, because um, that's what happens. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting about about yeah the, the whole kind of not being allowed to do something and 
you know, and then curiosity being a good thing, actually. Like, yeah. Um, because it helps us just ask those difficult questions that that we need to ask to go deeper, you know. And yeah, there's no definitely. Fear, and there's no it, fear. It's like, there's this, I think there's a lot of kind of, when you go, when you some, sometimes with Christians, when you when you go to these deep, wide, mysterious questions and doubting and, like, the mystics and all that, people go like, well, be careful, you'll get led astray. And it's like, so, well, okay, so I'm following Jesus, I'm following God, I'm trying to get to know God more. Yeah. And somehow I'm going to get, like, led astray. You don't think that God's big enough to kind of nudge me away from things which might be damaging, you know? Mm-hmm. Possibly, like, and there's, it's interesting, there's that word again, led, like, you you can say, like, maybe you'd be led astray, but sort of where is the church or that group of people where they're also leading you down another path, like, yeah. it, uh, whatever it is they saying of being led, like, what is leading you away? I mean, like, they're leading you on another path, so, like, why can't you explore and do your own thing or try being led by something else see what happens um you know i think yeah i mean it's that's it isn't it i mean that speaks to hierarchy as well yeah and the church and you know um you know the church wants to tell you what to believe or they want to tell you what you already believe you want them to tell you what you already believe and then everything's going to be and everything's going to be okay you know, there's no... Like they, they have all the answers apart from the ones that don't have answers and you're not supposed to look at those because they don't have answers, so... <laughs> yes, yes. Don't ask Don't ask questions. Don't don't engage the brain. Just follow what they say. Like, yeah. you know, it's okay. They know all the answers. They're trained. They've got theological training. They're called and gifted in this area, so just trust them. They have all the answers. And that kind of makes me angry because, like... I think sometimes we, and I know there's this thing about putting pastors on pedestals, but I think yeah. it's not just that for me. It's more that we forget that Jesus is Jesus is kind of bigger than all of that. We yeah. don't worship the pastor; we worship Jesus. So we should be being allowed us being allowing ourselves to be drawn forward by Him, wherever that goes. You know, and just because it doesn't have big religious language and it doesn't fit in a box um, that the church likes or religion likes, doesn't mean yeah. it's not Jesus, and it doesn't mean it's not the divine. You know, um, the church, including the pastors, is just full of sort of people who don't really. We're just all kind of trying to work it all out, and no one really has the answers. Um, yeah. You know, and when people claim that they've got all of the answers and I think that's someone that you can't trust um because they clearly haven't done enough digging um that's right yeah that's yeah exactly yeah I don't I yeah um I love the fact that I'll never know all the answers yeah I absolutely I love that I look at this I I've, I keep one of the things I keep repeating to myself like a mantra like I never want to know all the answers I'm I always want to be growing more asking more questions, going deeper, um, understanding more. I always want to have mystery in my, in my spiritual journey. I always want to like have the unknown. Um, I don't want to ever get to a place where I just, where I, where I know everything because 
um, or just to yeah I mean yeah. imagine that if you got to the point in your life where you're like oh yeah I've got it all figured out I yeah then there are no problems left um, everything yeah like it would really really quickly get boring it really would yeah but some people want to settle for that because we crave yeah. certainty especially as we get older you know, and we settle down and we have kids and all that kind of thing. We want to have certainty in our life. You know, we want to have stability. We don't want to have adventure and risk and, you know. Why do you think that is? Um, I think, I, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Why do we, see, that's a whole episode in itself. Why, it is, isn't it? Why do we crow, so I will do a whole episode on why we crow certainty. That is a question uh, we'll be exploring, but we can talk about it here as well. I, I think... It seems to me that the human, the, the human brain seems to be hardwired to. We want like certainty because we want to. We want to know everything's going to be okay, because we're scared like that everything's not going to be okay, and you know we want like to hold something to hold on to so that something something that will give us kind of strength or st- stability or security, you know, so that we don't have to worry about tomorrow that's why like we all want job security because we want financial security we want to be able to provide for ourselves you know and like at the moment for me i'm you know um i don't have job security right now i don't have yeah i don't know where what i'm gonna what's going to be happening to me in terms of where i'm living or where i'll be working um, i have plans i have goals i have things i want to do but it's all a risk right now you know the thing is yeah i wouldn't change quitting my job last year even if I knew this was going to happen I'd be very tempted believe me I'd be very tempted if I knew this was going to happen to stay but ultimately I kind of know that it's the best decision and I know that I've grown more because I took a risk and I leapt into the unknown rather than stuck with the certainty of staying in the job which I could have stayed in for the rest of my working working life would have got a good pension would have Got a stable income, pretty much job security. Um, yeah. But it, I would have been dead inside, you know. Yeah. I would have been alive, you know. And I'd rather not die asking what if, you know. And yeah, definitely. So you're you're living a life that you were drawn to rather than the one that you were led to, possibly. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> And it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah. And nothing is certain. And you don't know what's going to happen. People are, um, people, I think people kind of crave labels. Like everyone wants to be or say they want to be different. But in the end, people like to have a label so they can introduce themselves. Like, I am this person. I do this. I am in this level of society. People crave, I think, labels and yeah. um, kind yeah. of like being able to place themselves. Um, oh, yes, and, they do. <laughs> but to do that, they have to sort of set themselves in, they have to be secure in sort of who they are, what they believe, and that can't be shakeable. Otherwise, they're not that person that they said they were um, before. Yeah. And I think that, that you're saying, that's a scary place to be in, but it's more of a true place to be in. Um, yes. I think. Yeah, and, and see, I, I, I wouldn't have gone on this journey if I hadn't made that decision. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and sometimes you just got to rip the bandaid off. Absolutely, know? yeah. Um, I mean, and, I remember I haven't really been to church for a good couple of years, but I remember the 
last time I remember being sort of in a church for as a uh, regular member. Um, I was just planning to go off to Japan for a year, um, and I. I remember thinking, I'm not even going to ask God if this is okay. Like, I need to do this. Um, like, and I I can't take the permission. Like, um, because if it's a no, then I have to do it anyway. Um, and, and, yeah. Um, so, and I, I think I did tentatively pray about it. And I didn't, I, I felt like it was okay. But my sort of initial reaction was like, well, I'm, I have to do, I have to get away from this society and experience something else. Um, so that I can find myself in and see myself against another society and another sort of um, mm. way of being. So, um, Absolutely. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and I know that makes so, so much sense. And I think, in my experience, when you follow the life you're drawn to rather than stay in certainty, then you do a whole load of inner work that you would never have done otherwise. Like, certainty, you can... Certainly can be enjoyable, it can be stable, it can be nice, you know, and you can get through life that way, but ultimately you won't do any of the inner work that we all need to do. And you might get to like 70 or something, and you won't have done any of this inner work, and suddenly a lot of these issues will come up, and it'll be too late to do anything about them. And you'll realise these issues have been controlling you your whole life, and you didn't re- and you never did anything about them because you didn't know you had them, because you weren't willing to step out and explore them. And you weren't willing to um, go out of certainty and into mystery and to do that inner work that, you know, we all need to do. Uh, yeah, so, well, certainty into mystery. I like that phrase. I'm, I might have to write that down and keep it somewhere. Um, that's cool. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, that's, and I, yeah, like, and in my own exploring, I, the biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is to uh, know myself and be sort of guided by myself. Um, mm. And probably actually the the being, the thing, the voice, whatever you want to call it, that I would have called God, I now believe is just a deeper part of myself. Um, and I feel more connected to that. And I really feel that does draw me uh, if I can listen to that I can listen I can hear what I'm really drawn to rather than what I should or want to be drawn like, should be drawn mm, to yeah. um, and that is what I ultimately follow so uh, I, I, I never really know what to say when people ask me what I believe um, because essentially I believe in a greater uh, some sort of greater being which is also like a part of myself um um mm. yeah it's, i don't know it's a bit strange but I like that. yeah I, um, like in that inner voice definitely i i th- i mean i would i would believe that that inner voice is kind of like the divine whispering to us you know yeah um, some in some way you know i mean i've got a very see i wouldn't even call myself a, a liberal progressive i think i'm i've tried to move beyond the kind of binary liberal or conservative yeah. thing or the, um, basically the labels you're sort of you're you're pushing away the, from the labels and just living what you think is true um for yeah, you that's right i've tried to my kind of i've tried to have an open-handed faith like a um an inclusive faith um a kind of transcendent spirituality if you want to call it that where um 
it's not about either or or black and white where it's it's that everything is spiritual and everything belongs and we need to hear each other's stories and yeah absolutely and that we can coexist even if we disagree if we have open hands um and i talked about this in another episode about actually the more the more important question is how we believe not what we believe yeah yeah if we believe in the same way like with open hands then we'll be able to get on with each other and talk to each other even if we disagree on theology or whatever because yeah um because we'll be willing to hear each other's stories you know but if we both believe with closed hands and we'll be fighting and arguing and it'll get divisive and it'll get you know um which is what you see a lot on social media right now um so um yeah interesting yeah yeah definitely um it's yeah i i was gonna say i was gonna say um oh you just said something that really sparked something um i'll probably come back to me in a minute um but yeah it was it was sort of uh going back to the uh drawn versus no should versus want and sort of um if that is 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 the want sort of um like a selfish desire um or is it okay to listen to that inner voice um and um yeah that's what i've sort of been thinking about a lot recently um Mm. but uh yeah it's interesting i just as i was thinking of that i came across this um notebook of my great grandmother and um Mm. she uh she's written a whole load of um sort of memoirs and she in fact she called the book a nonsensical nonsense book two um so we we have no idea where book one went but (laughs) it's it's fascinating um and there's just this little excerpt she's that she wrote in there she kind of wrote a whole essay but this is just a small bit and it says uh don't bargain with god or man live your own life and do for yourself and others just what you want to do in your own way and never mind criticisms or suggestions of selfishness which you're bound to finally get um so that's a sort of path i've been following i think as long as you're doing doing what you want it's not um hurting other people or uh you know it's it's a good you know seems like a good fruitful path i think it's mm. it's okay to sort of go down the route even if it is a little bit you know selfish yeah and there's much more risk that way you know it's not um yeah I mean, I, I, I've never bought into the kind of cultural kind of just do what feels good kind of thing. Mm. Because sometimes that's a bit, that is that's, that kind of gets to kind of more selfish kind of thing. But kind of do what you're drawn to. Yeah. I think that's something that's slightly different. That's not just a kind of selfish, impulsive, kind of greedy thing. But it's not. It's, it's more of a, I'm curious about this. This is something that kind of, I'm feeling kind of deep inside of me that I should explore. Sure. Um, so I'm going to just have a like dip in the water and see what see what happens, you know. And it's kind of like looking for the thing that you were perhaps made to do if you believe that there is, a, is such a thing. Um, yeah. That's probably yeah. a no whole conversation, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it is. Um, that's two conversations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on top of the one we've just had. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. I think. Yeah, and I think the thing is as well the stories that we the choices that we make everything whatever happens it will shape us yeah. whether it turns yeah. out for good or not you know it's not like you say oh that was that was a waste of time because it didn't work but it wasn't a waste of time because it, it you'll probably learn lessons from Absolutely. That, that that experience 
that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. So yeah, well, you learn so much more than from failure than you do from success. So oh, you know, you do yeah, you really do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's better to be prepared for success than have um, instant success. You know, I don't think there is. I think I think actually instant success is kind of a myth because the people. Yeah, that, well, that's true because everything sort of built. Yeah, you don't really just get instant success, do you? It always has to start from an idea which has to build up and then. Yeah. Instances have have to happen from so it, it's never just a. Oh, I had an idea, and it worked out great, and now it's great, and it's all yeah. done. It there's, only took a day. <laughs> there's, there's, there's lots of failures before you have a big success. Generally, it, yeah, definitely. usually people, usually ones that people don't see. Yeah, um, and that you learn from, you know, and I think, yeah, or there's preparation and training and learning, and you know, all of that goes into becoming an overnight success um that's a whole other discussion <laughs> as well you know but um but you see i always say to people i write writers that i coach that you know it's not about how many people read the work it's not how many people yeah. buy the book it's you made it it was part of who you were something you wanted to share and you wrote it and you published it it's a success yeah. it's already a success because you yeah. did that because you were faithful to what you felt was in your heart to write yeah that's it you're a success right there you know and whatever happens you'll learn from it whatever happens whether it's good or bad in terms of the response to it you'll still learn from it and you will have changed just from writing this book and the process of it yeah you know um, absolutely Uh, elizabeth gilbert always says like um that like it's it's your job to make the thing you can't decide it's not up to you or you can't control the reaction of the other people that that's out of control but it's your sort of your your job is to make the thing and to put it out there and then what happens after that is sort of out of your control you know um that's right and it's the same with life like going back to the original question you know it's like you know we we make decisions and we you know, we, we we choose to follow what kind of life we're drawn into. Yeah. And then in once we've made those decisions and we've done everything we can do, what happens after that is, in a sense, is out of our control. Yeah, there's, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's no yeah. of it that's out of our control. You know, you can't control everything in your life. You can only make decisions and follow your curiosity and then see where it goes. Yeah, um, definitely. And so see see. And again, kind of people's reactions to the way you live your life—you can't really control. Um, you can only really control sort of how you're sort of creating your life and what you're choosing to do. Um, you can—I mean, you've, you've got to be mindful of people, um, and you know, you, it's good to sort of have the outset of not trying to hurt people purposely. But um, you know, if you if you you've got to sort of make your decisions and you know. Not everyone's going to love it all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a. I think that's a really good place to finish. Actually, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that um, that you know that just what kind of life am I being drawn into? Like, what what is the divine whispering to my heart? Like, you know, what am I curious about? I think those are questions we need to ask ourselves when we think about this kind of thing. Um, and there's so much more we can explore as well. And I'm sure we'll have you back and explore some of these. Other questions as well. So thanks for coming. So thanks for coming on. Thank you.
thank you very much for having me. Great, thank you. So, okay, everyone, um, thanks for listening, and um, keep listening because there are going to be more in these in this series, and I'm looking forward to exploring more of these questions. So, uh, have a great week, and we'll talk soon.